Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the Skype line is Robert Larson. He's joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hello, Heather. Always good to be here. Well, in one of those Grover Norquest things, but in a local area in the Inland Empire, in the newly incorporated city of Weldemart, only three parks serve 32,000 people. And the citizens are up, some, up in arms to pay $28 to maintain the three parks. And so it would be $28 for, you know, on property tax, I believe, for three parks. And why is this a big deal? Yeah. Yeah, why is this a big deal? It, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, Murrieta and Temecula both have populations about 100,000, and they each, uh, there's about 100 parks between the two cities. Uh, so, I don't know, it's about 50 each. So that sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh, a town of uh, 20, 20, about 20, uh, 33,000, Wildemar, is, uh, they have, right now, they have only one city park operating. And you, that is, like, really bad. <laughs> you know, you figure they'd have at least about 10 parks. You know, yeah. This is where kids can hang out, old people can go, people can walk their dogs, and all of this. But, no. Uh, they've had more parks in the past, but it's been this battle back and forth. Nobody seems to want to pay for them. There's a lot of that going on. People think that, uh, you know, taxed enough already. Heard that one. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. Uh, you know, uh, we don't need these things. No uh, social contract. Uh, you know, no commons. We don't need that. I'm a completely independent person. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a little sad. So, um, it's been a back and forth in... They had, a few years ago, had three parks operating, and nobody wanted to pay for those, so it's down to one now that is being operated just by volunteers and uh, fundraisers, and they're in the red as it is. So they're trying to uh, pass this uh, ballot measure that would assess a $28 uh, additional fee on people's property taxes. So, I mean, property taxes are... Uh, you know, twenty-eight dollars for your property tax is very little to add. It's a little over two dollars a month, and so some people I think are for it. Obviously, there's a group that's backing this measure, but uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, taxed enough already, and just the city should find some other way to pay for the parks. And uh, so we'll see how this plays out. But it's it's just sad that they've only got one one park barely operating currently. Are, are is some of the resistance to this because uh, there's a lot of open space in people's private property, or I mean, are they like big ranch lots? Or you know, I didn't hear that argument uh, being presented in the article I read in the Press Enterprise, but um, I, that, that is true. There is a lot of open space out there, a lot of just kind of wild areas, and maybe people think that, but. And that's great. I love that, that they have that. But I, that doesn't really suffice for, you know, moms with young children. You're not going to really take them on this hike out into the wild areas. And uh, it, it, sometimes you just need a place that's close by, that it's completely safe, and it's within the city confines, so to, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and then kids can go on swings and other toys. And I'm talking, you know, little kids, three and four years old. Uh, you're not going to take them out on big hikes in the wilderness. Uh, that's I, You really need to have both, I think. 
And yes, people have birthday parties at parks and things like that. And Soccer leagues. Yeah, and all that. And you can't do any of that now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. There is there are some nice beautiful wild places out in Wildemar, but that doesn't uh, I don't think that cuts it. <laughs> yeah, well maybe if it doesn't pass in the short run, in the long run there'll be more residents moving in because it has grown uh, fourteen thousand since the two thousand census. So as the community gets bigger, hopefully they'll put in more infrastructure for parks. That would be nice. Yeah, I, I would hope so. It just I mean We've all had great experiences as kids uh, using city parks. I mean, half of my childhood memories would be gone without city parks. I love how far to the right we've gone. It's like now now we're saying, like, the radical thing is, let's keep our city park. You know, it's just, it's really sad. It's very sad. I just, you know, that's just something we should spend money on. We should all agree that's something we should have. Even if you're not going to be using the park yourself, to have a nice civilized uh, thriving society need a, a place like that for kids yeah yeah so um you had an update for us on the marietta red light camera proposition yeah that's the uh, measure n in marietta and uh, there's i found out that the, the guy who is uh, running this measure n to get the red light cameras removed is a, a kind of right-wing libertarian guy who uh, is kind of an anti-government sort of crusader, which is like, when it comes to the park issue, I, I, I'm not so much in agreement with that school of thought, but on this, I, I kind of am. don't like these red light cameras. They're, they're kind of big brother-ish, and it's really hard to fight them uh, if there's a gray area where you might not have actually been breaking the law. And so uh, he and the, uh, the, the group... Uh, sort of uh, pushing this measure to get the cameras removed. They, they don't have a really a lot of money. Supposedly they've only spent like $1,000, which, uh, yeah, I, I, some signs out there. And uh, But now the other group hadn't, didn't look like they'd spent any money. The no on, on Measure N to, to keep the cameras. But now all of a sudden there's this blitz, and I'm getting these full-color cardboard mailers and they're, they're really manipulative. They're really kind of, uh, I mean, whether, whatever the issue is, if the cameras really help, they, they just make it look like if you want to remove those red light cameras, you, you are for killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Car crashes and these pictures of these beautiful little all-white young children. Of course all-white. It's... Car seats who are going to die if you don't allow these red light cameras to continue. And so then they have statistics about four people inside this Nissan were pronounced dead at the scene. And, you know, like that, that if the red light camera had been there, that wouldn't have happened. And if you vote to keep red light cameras, you know, it'll be like no more senseless car crashes, no on loss of life, no on a lifetime of crippling tragedy. <laughs> We all know that, that, that those accidents still happen when you have red light cameras. Yeah. There's, you could make the argument in some cases that maybe they've lessened, but it's not going to eliminate this. And the thing is, is I'm thinking, who goes through a lot of red lights? No, that's not me. Probably drunk drivers? Yeah. Do you think they're going to pay attention to whether or not there's a camera there? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to even, if they're not from the area, they're not even going to know it's there. And if they are, they're probably going to forget it's there. 
Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's a little sleazy, the, uh, the no on end uh, mailers that are going out. Um, but we'll know in less than two weeks if, what the voters think of it. Yeah, I can imagine a drunk driver, you know, with blurry vision going, oh, no, there's a red light camera, better stop and hit the brakes. I mean, that doesn't seem plausible. But um, did have has anybody researched the cause of the accident that is being used on the mailers? Well, actually, there's a few different accidents, and, and some of them are, are not even from this area. Oh, okay. It's just this point of, like, oh, well, a lot of accidents happen at red lights. Uh, they, they do cite one statistic where they say where they've put in a red light camera that it has, um, there were less crashes in that intersection. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, that may be true in this, in this one case, but, I mean, you could also lessen them by just posting uh, cops there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, but it, it's just it's it's just real sleazy the no on end ads. They're just they're so. They're, oh God, I wish you could see these. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to find a scanner in, at Kinko's or something and and get them over to me. Um, the one thing I could kind of picture with all the no on end literature just popping up is like uh, the the people that manufacture the red light cameras and profit from them. That company is like, oh no, the jig is up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't know that for certain, but I would uh, be willing to bet a lot of money that that's where all the no on end money is coming from. Oh, I'm sure. The red light camera uh, manufacturers—they're real secretive about um, you know where the money is coming from. It's really <laughs> it's really bizarre, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, in one of my favorite stories, which is a weird thing to say, but um, a strip club in a private residence in Paris was discovered after someone was shot outside the home. The sad part, uh, the home had seven kids under 11. Uh, how's this story going? Yeah, this is uh, our ongoing saga here of weird, sleazy uh, crimes <laughs> and murder and mayhem uh, out here in the Inland Empire, which is, seems to be quite a bit of this. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, you need a mayor like the guy in New Orleans that claims that that's your brand. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, I forgot who did that. He, it was right after, it was the same guy that was in office during Katrina. He was saying that crime and violence was New Orleans' that brand. Guy? What's that? That bald guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't think of his name offhand, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, he was a strange character. He, he uh... I, I found myself in agreement with him on some things politically, but he just was kind of weird he was out there on some other things. I think he said that Washington D.C. was the chocolate city with the white inside, or something like the. Or I forgot what he was an odd guy. So, anyways, back to the strip clubs. Yeah, uh, yeah. In Paris, this was brought to the attention of the authorities because somebody was shot outside of his home, and so they go in to investigate and find that this uh, older couple. Actually, the, the man was 60 years old and the woman was 43, were operating a strip club out of their home, in which is, you know, a little weird, but, you, you know, obviously you're breaking laws, you don't have licenses for that and whatnot, but, and it, it, but, and it wouldn't be such a big deal, except that there were seven children under the age of 11 living there, <sighs> who's been taken from the couple, and they found a some drugs in the house. Meth. And it's just, it's just real sleazy. Um, yeah, so the lower level of the 
house had been converted into what they called, quote, an exotic zone. An exotic zone? <laughs> what? Complete with a platform and pole for uh, strip club parties. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, these kids are probably now going to be in the foster care system, and that usually doesn't turn out so great. No, sadly not. Yeah, so it's a... Uh, um, yeah, it is. It's kind of it's, it's a funny, weird story, but sad at the same time. Yeah, it is. And so I guess we'll leave off with one more little true crime story about a guy who strangled his girlfriend and put her into a suitcase. Nothing can go wrong there, right? <laughs> yeah, more murder and mayhem here in the Inland Empire. And this was um, a woman who lived in the uh, uh, Canyon Lake area, which is a little, kind of a strange area. And uh, her, she was 47, and her boyfriend was... Uh, 28, which is a little strange. You don't usually find a relationship where the female is 19 years older than the male, but, you know, I no, Whatever. On that, it's just a little, you know, it's just not that common. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, but uh, this guy, um, they're not giving out a lot of information about how or why this crime happened. They're just saying that he strangled her, put uh, her body in a suitcase, and left it in a motel in uh, Poway, and uh, which is in the San Diego area, and he, then he fled to Mexico. And I just thought he was going to get away with this crime and about his days in in Mexico. And uh, they, they uh, I guess they traced her, uh, traced his cell phone, and then they found a bunch of credit card charges from her credit cards that he was doing in Mexico. <laughs> so uh, he, he got extradited, and so now he's uh, facing a court date. And as like I said, they're not giving a lot of details of was there some fight that precipitated this, or did this guy just go off for no reason? Was he a guy that you know was had problems? Was there drugs involved? And there's just uh, the people in Canyon Lake are, are really um, devastated, and uh, the family of the girl. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, just another one of those violent crimes that's going on out here uh yeah so um thank you robert for your report from the other side of the cleveland national forest and you are listening to the heather mccoy show